First of three scriptures comes to us out of Exodus chapter 20. We read verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. And now Matthew 12, 1 through 8. At that time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And now Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. One Sabbath, he, Jesus, was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us here with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. Today we continue our series on the Ten Commandments that is entitled Ten. And look at God's unwavering commands and look how they were pertinent for the people that they were given for, the Israelites, and how they are still pertinent today by looking at uh, passages from the New Testament that speak to how they are pertinent for us today. And today we are on the fourth commandment, as you heard it. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, just a disclosure, there's a ton on this particular topic. I couldn't begin to cover everything that we should cover in one short sermon. Emphasis on short, hopefully. We could do an entire series on just Sabbath. Some consider this to be the most important of the commandments for reasons we won't really discuss today. But we're going to touch the surface. Each week in the e-news, there is a printed sermon outline that you can um, uh, print out and, or download and have, and it usually contains more details than the one that I'm able to provide you in, in the bulletin. Um, if you'd like more information, you can go to that outline as it does have more in there. And then uh, um, we can do perhaps a study or a series later to really dive into this topic. But for the sake of today, um, this is the surface. And so some of the scriptures we're going to read and other topics we're going to talk about are going to scratch that for us today. 
one of the things that we have been seeing with the commandments is that the language that they are written in that we find in Exodus is the language that the people for whom they were written, the time of Moses and the Israelites, it was written in a way that they could best understand it. And that is why we see the language in the way that it is presented. If we break down the wording of the language of the commandment for us today, and we define some of these words, these definitions serve as touchstones for uh, which we're going to build from in the message today. So if we go through that, it starts with the word remember. And just as it says, remember means to retain the memory thereof. It means to acknowledge, and it also means to not forget. Remember the Sabbath. The word Sabbath is the Hebrew Shabbat. And it means, the word Sabbath literally means to stop, to cease, or to keep. To stop, to cease, or to keep. And then the author goes on, remember the Sabbath day. Now this word day, this is a loaded word in the Old Testament. The word day is simply a place filler word, and it means a period of time. Okay, we have no way of confirming the period of time that the word day in the Old Testament was used. Because it was often used to refer to a 24-hour period. The same Hebrew word was then often used to refer to an extended period of time, which could have lasted anywhere from 24 hours all the way to being the same word that some use to mean eternity. So for the sake of Old Testament context for today, the word day is simply a place filler term used for a period of time. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. And then the word holy. This is a word that we have emphasized, I know I have, with you many times. Because the word holy simply means this. It means belonging to or set apart for God. When something is holy, it simply means it belongs to God. When we say we are a holy people... That means we are set apart for and belonging to God. Now, as the author of the commandment in Exodus points out, this was not the very first meaning uh, or the first mention of the word Sabbath, or at least the idea thereof. You see, the uh, idea of Sabbath was actually instituted at creation by God. Listen to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The author says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude, and on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God uh, rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. A couple of details that we, we find here is this. The fact that God rested. The fact that God rested blows my mind because God can do whatever God wants to do. God is God. 
And at the end of creation, God chose to rest. And there's something else about this rest that God did. God didn't just choose to rest. God made the rest holy. God owned the rest. God set it apart as God's rest. As we see here, there is no actual commandment in the, uh, in the institution of the Sabbath out of Genesis. We just see uh, the first mention of the idea there. But the first mention of the idea of Sabbath actually comes to us from Exodus chapter 16, verses 22 through 30. So listen to Exodus 16, 22 through 30. Now some of these scriptures I'm going to uh, zoom through, so just put on your listening ears and strap in. Exodus 16, 22 through 30 says this. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much food, two omers apiece. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Today is a day, uh, tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning, as Moses commanded them. And it did not become foul, as there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather anyway, and they found none. The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. And each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. A couple of details uh, to note here. This was actually the establishment of the seven-day week for the Israelites. The establishment of the seven-day work week for the Jews. And this was a blessing to them. This was the first opportunity that we see the Sabbath as being a gift from God. The Sabbath is a gift from God. You see, when they were enslaved in Egypt, and the Egyptians, as many other uh, pagan societies did in antiquity, they operated on a ten-day work week, not a seven. If you want to know the difference in what seven from ten days can make, there are studies out there that show just the vast difference that those three extra days can have on somebody. So the establishment of a seven-day week for the Jews was a gift. There were a few days off when you were enslaved <laughs> to begin with. God is providing this as a gift. And therefore, in recognition of this gift, God has commanded the Jews, one day each week was to be devoted to thanking God for this gift. Are you with me? If you're not, shake your head no. I'll make a mental note of it and call you later. <laughs> So this was the first mention of Sabbath. Now, the importance of this command of Sabbath was actually made known later in Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 through 18. Remember I told you we were going to read a lot of Scripture today. 
So yet again, we're going to hear what is said in Exodus 31, 12 through 18. Strap in. I'm going to go a little bit quickly. The Lord said to Moses, You yourself are to speak to the Israelites. You shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, given in order that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it shall be cut off from among the people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Ouch. Therefore, the Israelites shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When God finished speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. Everybody say, We see here that keeping the Sabbath was affirmation that God is creator and sustainer of all the world. To remember the the Sabbath meant that the Jews recognized that the rhythm of life belongs to God. So much so, in fact, that... This is the final thing that God says to Moses before sending him back down from Mount Sinai. Did you catch that? The last thing God tells Moses before sending him back down to the Israelites is this passage about the Sabbath. It must be important to God. The observance of Sabbath is the sign of the agreement between God and God's chosen people, Israel, that is meant to set them apart from the rest of the world. The Sabbath was what separated the Israelites, God's chosen people, from the rest of the world. We call this, in theology, the Mosaic Covenant. Have you ever heard of the term Mosaic Covenant? covenant. Everybody together say Mosaic Covenant. This was the agreement between God and the Israelites that God would bless them as God's people as long as they followed God's law as God gave it to Moses. Okay, are you with me? This is what the Mosaic Covenant is. The Sabbath was to be a perpetual quest for this blessing. Okay, the word perpetual means never ending. (laughs) This was to be a long quest for them. And and, and for them, Sabbath was both a noun and a verb, and it continues to be both a noun and a verb for us today. The Sabbath was the act of resting for God for the purpose of seeking eternal rest through God. So Sabbath is the rest for the purpose of finding Sabbath rest. Are you with me? Shake your head yes or no. (laughs) I know, I'm just as confused as you are at this point, I promise. 
The problem, though, arose. The problem arose in the years following this proclamation with Jewish leaders who tasked themselves with the need to define and clarify every aspect of the law. We don't find all these clarifications in Scripture, in the Bible, but they are comprised in a piece of work called the Mishnah. Are you familiar with the Mishnah? The Mishnah is a collection of Jewish laws or clarifications of the laws given to Moses. These were the commands that Jews are to follow. They're meant to follow them in the way that it is written. Otherwise, they are not in covenant with God. I believe I read that there were something like 900 pages in the Mishnah relating to Sabbath alone. That's a lot. <laughs> Here's the other problem. The Mishnah, uh, the, the problem turned... The problem was that they turned what God gave them as Sabbath from a principle that God designed it to be. You know what a principle is? A principle is a general guideline intended to result in different actions under a variety of circumstances. They turned the command from a principle into a precept. You know what a precept is? A precept is a specific rule prescribing a certain action under certain circumstances. So the Jews took the principle of Sabbath and clarified the heck out of it and turned it into the precept that states, Thou shalt not work. Folks, there is way more to the fourth commandment than thou shalt not work. And that is not the end of the commandment. So for us, for our sake, and you're saying, what in the world does all that mean to us? Well, you need to know where the origins of this commandment comes from. How it was viewed in the eyes of our ancestors of the Old Testament before we can really understand how it is designed for us to view it. So what is this commandment not saying? As you've noticed, I've developed a habit for this series of telling you what each one is not saying. This commandment is not saying that it is a sin to miss church or do other activities on Sunday. That is not what it's saying. Y'all can say amen now. <laughs> I want us to become familiar with this phrase. The idea of the principle of progressive revelation. I know, I'm using a bunch of big words today. I'm sorry. Become familiar with the principle of progressive revelation. What is it, pastor? It's got revelation in it. I don't like it already. Progressive revelation is the gradual unfolding and progression of God's teachings from one end of the scripture to the other. Okay? The idea is this, that biblical truths 
that doctrines, that principles and precepts are often introduced in the Pentateuch, in the Torah, in the first five books of the Old Testament. Many of our guidelines, our doctrines, are actually introduced in the first five books of Scripture. And then they are flushed out, they're clarified, they're spoken on by the prophets. Particularly Isaiah and Jeremiah, but many, many others are flushed out. They, they are put into work. We see them actually being utilized throughout life and antiquity. And then we see the teachings in the Gospels fulfilled by Jesus. We see the precepts fulfilled by Jesus. We see the law fulfilled by Jesus. And then we finish off by having those teachings affirmed for our living by the apostles, by Paul, by Peter, by John, by those writers of the New Testament. So what does all that mean? That means when we want to look at a topic in Scripture such as Sabbath, which is a great example, we need to look at it through all of Scripture and not just pull bits and pieces from Scripture that we want to utilize for our own purposes, our own agendas, and our own liking. Someone say amen. amen. Scripture is meant to be read as a whole. And when we pull something out and put it in a context for which it was not written, I fear that we are in violation of what we talked about last week, and that is using the Lord's name in a way it was not meant to be used. That was last week's sermon. We're moving on for today. My soapbox is done on that. Jesus had numerous run-ins with the Pharisees over the Sabbath. We read those run-ins, a similar one, from Matthew and in Mark today. And these are the key passages that we're going to use today. Jesus is saying that the Sabbath and other things which are deemed holy by God. What does holy mean? Oh, belonging to or set apart by God. Jesus is saying that those things which were deemed holy by God, therefore set apart and belonging to God, in order to teach the Israelites and in order to teach us now about setting ourselves apart for God was never meant to induce hardships and suffering. God never intended for God's commands to cause suffering and hardship. That is not the character of our God. The rules that humanity creates are never to get in the way of God's mercy and God's grace. Hello? Nothing, no law that man or even the God of the Old Testament establishes is to get in the way of mercy and grace. When they do, they become irrelevant and are set aside so that grace may abound. Did I just say set aside the Old Testament? No. So make sure you listen closely. As Mark says, the Sabbath was made for us and not humankind for the Sabbath. Sabbath is a gift, not a burden. The question for the Israelites, the Pharisees, well, why could Jesus make this 
why could Jesus make this claim? Jesus himself says in multiple places, I am Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus just proclaimed to be God in the flesh. And the Pharisees did not like that. He is God incarnate. He made the time of rest and creation. That means he can define it. That means he can break it. That means he can abolish it. Folks, God can do whatever God wants to do. Anytime God wants to do it, God created it. But because God is so good all the time, because God is so good, he came as Jesus and fulfilled the covenants of the Old Testament through the cross, thereby freeing us not only from the bonds of slavery to sin and death, but also from the restraints of impractical and legalistic constraints that have no bearing on our eternal salvation. What in the world did I just say? Folks, God is the only one who can offer true rest. And God, through Jesus, came for that purpose. God is far greater than anything that the Old Testament Sabbath could offer. And Jesus is greater than anything this world can try to offer today. It is no mistake, I feel like, that what Jesus states right after the great Sabbath debate in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30 is this. Come to me, all who are weary, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Therefore, what is this commandment saying? The whole point of this commandment for us today is this. We are to constantly and intentionally remind ourselves that everything that we have, that everything that we are, that everything that has been, that everything that is, that everything that ever will be belongs to God. The fourth commandment is all about us intentionally reminding ourselves and everybody else that everything in creation belongs to God. Even me, even you, and everything that we have, it belongs to God. It is in this reminder that we find true rest. It is in this intentionality of remembering who and whose we are that we find Sabbath. It's also not about a certain day of the week. Sabbath has never been about a certain day of the week. Listen to Paul in Colossians 2, 16 through 17. Colossians 2, 16 through 17 says, Therefore do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or of observing festivals of new moons or Sabbaths. 
These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Folks, Sabbath observation is a matter of Christian liberty, not of legalistic necessity. Okay? True rest, true Sabbath that we seek, true Sabbath we participate in here is merely a preview of the true rest that only Jesus can offer. And that is eternal rest in the presence of God in heaven. Last scripture for the day, I promise. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. So then, a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest also cease from their labors as God did from His. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. Folks, this scripture draws this entire lesson all together. It draws it all together. When God came to this world, God performed the only true work which is sufficient for our salvation. Folks, there is nothing that we can do, whether in this building, whether out on those streets, whether in our hearts, on our minds, there's nothing that we can do to earn our own salvation. Jesus is salvation. There is nothing that we can do to earn it. And Jesus is all that is sufficient for salvation. And that was the work that was accomplished on the cross of Calvary. He did the work so that way we didn't have to, so that way we could seek and find true rest. The Sabbath is that true rest that we seek. One way to do this is by attending worship on Sundays, which we believe is a time that is set apart by God for seeking the Sabbath. That is one way of seeking Sabbath. But there are so many others that could be just as effective. And we communicate the work Jesus did on the cross so that way we could find true rest. One way we communicate that is through the table of Holy Communion. One way we offer this rest to all people is inviting them to this table to which we didn't establish. Why do you offer the table to all people in the United Methodist Church? Well, because we didn't create the table. God did. God came as Jesus, died on the cross so the way we could seek the Sabbath. That has nothing to do with human beings. The table is all about grace and God. The Sabbath has never been about humanity. The Sabbath has always been about God. So the question for us today is this. Irregardless to days of the week, irregardless to what maybe you ha must be done on Sundays for you, irregardless of what may get in the way, what are we doing each moment to remember that everything that we have, everything that we are, belongs to God, and we are living that out? That is Sabbath. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.